Welcome to Parkinson's Recovery Radio. Parkinson's Recovery is dedicated to provide information, support, and resources to individuals who currently experience the symptoms associated with the diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. Thank you so much for connecting into our radio show program today, which is a very special program. I am hosting a guest today, Fred Phillips, who is an individual who is, I want to say, amazing in every respect. He is journeying down the road to recovery. Fred has a blog that I think is well worth visiting on a regular basis. If you happen to be an individual who is interested in finding approaches, methods, ways, ideas that will enable you to be able to have a successful journey down the road to recovery for yourself, Fred has graciously agreed to provide some follow-up information about the situation on the radio show today. Fred, thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. My pleasure. It's great to talk to you. Thank you for having me on your show. It's a pleasure and an honor, Fred. For those who may not be familiar with your story and your history, could you provide an overview of your experience as it pertains to Parkinson's? Certainly, and I'll begin by telling you a little bit about me. I'm a Canadian. I live on Manitoulin Island in Ontario, the province of Ontario. I've lived here for three years. It's one of the most beautiful places in the world at the north end of uh, Lake Huron. It's actually the largest inland island in the world, and it's often described as the land of the white-tailed deer. There's so many deer on this island. It's amazing. So it's a beautiful place. And, yeah, so I've had... um, I've been experiencing the symptoms of Parkinson's now for, uh, well, since 2002, I guess. And when I say I guess, it's because the first symptom I experienced, I had no idea was related to Parkinson's, and that was loss of sense of taste and smell. I was out in the backyard doing the spring cleanup one year, or in 2002, that is, and I realized I couldn't smell the doggy do. And um, that was not a big surprise to me because my mother lost her sense of taste and smell, so I just assumed I had inherited that from her. And then the following year, while long distance running, I started losing control in my left leg. And it uh, just sort of happened out of the blue one run, and then it happened every run after that. Uh, I continued to run for about three years before I finally had to give it up. And again, I had no idea it was related to Parkinson's. I thought it had something to do with long-distance running. And I figured eventually it would go away, but it didn't. Then in 2006, one night I was teaching martial arts. And uh, I was standing at the front of the class, and all of a sudden my index finger on my left hand started trembling. And everything just sort of took off from there. Two years later, in 2008, I was formally diagnosed with Parkinson's. And trembling was about the only, other than loss of control in my left leg, trembling was about the only thing I experienced for the next two years. And then I started experiencing everything, loss of balance, slowness of movement, um, raspy voice, and so on. And it just kind of kept progressing for the next few years. I eventually started experiencing freezing, a little bit of anxiety, and then one morning, or sorry, one afternoon in 2014, uh, in late January, 
I was doing some stretches one afternoon getting ready to go to teach karate that night. And I was having difficulty transitioning from one stretch to another when, when I suddenly had the thought, what if I become unable to, to move and look after myself? And that triggered a panic attack. And that was the first panic attack I'd ever experienced, so it was, it was uh, quite shocking. It didn't last very long. I went over to the window and looked out the window and focused on my breath, and it went away. But over the next week, I had three more panic attacks, including an all-day panic attack. And uh, that was the most difficult day of my life. But that led me to uh, some discoveries in terms of what I believe is at the root of Parkinson's, which is fear. And uh, so over the next few years, I continue to develop more symptoms to the point where I have have been or are, are am affected by in over 30 ways. Getting difficulty getting out of chairs, shuffle walking, and so on. All sort of the the uh, well-known uh, symptoms of Parkinson's. So that's sort of brief recap of where I'm at. But yeah, right now I experience or on and off, I experienced pretty much every symptom known to, uh, to be related to Parkinson's except for depression. I, that's one thing I've never had. My guest today is Fred Phillips. Fred, what has happened to you since we last had you as a guest on Parkinson's Recovery Radio several years ago? There have been a few things that have happened, actually. So after I had that uh, panic attack in 2014 and sort of learned the, what I believe is the root cause of Parkinson's, which is fear and stress and worry and so on, things were pretty much on hold over the next couple of years. I wasn't progressing in terms of symptoms. And then in 2018, in January, I started doing bone therapy. My uh, partner and I decided to check out a local uh, massage clinic in town and when I mentioned to them that I had uh, Parkinson's, they said death in bone therapy, which is always good and interesting because, as you know, John Coleman, the naturopathic doctor from uh, Australia who overcame the symptoms of Parkinson's, included bone therapy as part of his protocol. So I thought that was really ideal. So I started doing twice-monthly bone treatments and following each uh, session for about a week, I, I was kind of a mess. I, the symptoms got worse. I started experiencing anxiety. And then things would sort of, sort of settle down. I'd be okay for a few days. And then I'd go back for my next appointment and go through the whole thing again. And that just kept up. I kept experiencing the same thing month after month. But I was expecting some sort of a breakthrough because, as you may know, the intent of bone therapy, it's sort of like um, targeted pressure point massage. And the purpose of the therapy is to release stress and emotional memory from the muscle fascia. So I was expecting some sort of um, response, I guess, to the treatments and in the way that it was, I was being affected. But as I said, I was expecting some sort of breakthrough at some point, and it never came. So in October, I decided to stop the bone treatments for, for the time being until I could figure it out. But shortly after I stopped the, the treatments, uh, I started experiencing 
severe anxiety and panic attacks again. And it lasted for close to six weeks. It was really intense to the point where I finally decided to go to the hospital one Sunday afternoon, about a week before Christmas, uh, to, to get some relief from the panic attacks. And they put me on a medication, which I believe I had a uh, an adverse reaction to because the next day it was worse. And I got to the point where I couldn't move my legs. So neighbors, my partner was up north working at the time. So neighbors down the road took me back to the hospital and where I was admitted. While I was in the hospital, I spoke to one of the admitting doctors. We had, we had three conversations and she convinced me to give the medication a try. So we started off with two medications, uh, Zoloft, which is also called sertraline. That was for the uh, anxiety and we also started with um, a cinnamon, levodopa, carbidopa. By the time I left the hospital, I was taking six uh, um, cinnamon tablets a day, and I was able to walk out of the hospital and I actually went home that day and shoveled snow. It was quite a dramatic turnaround. And uh, so I stayed on Zoloft and Cinemat for three months before, before I was finally able to get off Zoloft. I did that fairly quickly and was off it in 10 days and didn't really have any adverse reactions. I've tried a couple of times since then to get off uh, Cinemat uh, and I haven't been totally successful. I've, limit, I've reduced my daily dosage from six tablets a day to five. But coming out of that experience, I learned a lot, which I'll get to. Uh, during our conversation, so it, it was a, it was a terrifying experience on on one hand, but on the other hand, it was quite a learning experience as well. Given that experience that you have had, which is quite quite spectacular in terms of its impact and its intensity, has your philosophy or approach changed? No, actually, it hasn't. I still believe I can recover my health. I still believe I will recover my health. And I'm still, except for taking medication, which you may recall the last time we spoke, I was not taking medication, and I truly believe that Parkinson's could be managed and overcome without taking medication. Uh, so I'm now taking medication. Uh, but I, even though I'm taking medication, my my approach has not changed as far as the things that I'm doing to recover my health. So the regimen that I've created, I've altered a few things, but I'm still, I've still got a fairly intensive daily regimen, and I, I truly believe that I can recover my health, and I, I think I eventually will. Could you then summarize your experience with taking the medications? Overall, it, um, it hasn't been as bad as it has for me as it has been for a lot of people I've connected but I do have one I do experience one side effect that's mild cramping and clenching in my left foot and toes my left arm and in my uh, my jaw otherwise I'm not really experiencing any symptoms or sorry any uh, side effects so um, no my philosophy and, and, and approach definitely hasn't changed 
from our previous discussion, I know you have a daily regimen and an overall protocol. Could you tell us about what that looks like now? Certainly. But before I get to that, what I, I should probably expand on is what I gained from this experience of uh, and being admitted to the hospital and, and then going on medication. Um, I, there were a lot of things that I thought I was knew fairly well prior to this experience. I was confident that I knew the cause of Parkinson's, or at least the primary cause, which is um, uh, fear and anxiety and anger, and not just being in a chronic state of fear and anger, or anger and anxiety and, and worry. Um, I thought I knew that having the right attitude and belief system was the, the route to overcoming Parkinson's, and I still believe that. I learned, even before I developed the symptoms of Parkinson's, that there's an emotional element or an emotional root cause to all health conditions. Um, I was confident that I didn't need to focus my attention on recovering my health, but rather focus my attention on returning my body to homeostasis. My belief being that when the body's in homeostasis, disease can exist. And so that involves uh, restoring gut health, strengthening the immune system, unclogging the lymphatic system, eliminating um, inflammation, and alkalining the body. So, I, And I still believe that. Uh, my diet hasn't changed, and I, I thought I had a pretty good handle on diet. And the diet needs to be as healthy as possible, organic as possible. And things like uh, sugar, artificial sweeteners, junk food, fast food, and so on needs to be eliminated from the diet. I've, I've learned a lot, and I still use tech, many techniques in order to manage my day-to-day -day symptoms. So I, I thought I you know, overall, overall had a pretty good handle on how to manage the day-to-day -day symptoms. We talked about that in the last time we spoke. Uh, I thought I had a pretty good handle on body work and the body work that is necessary to, to overcome Parkinson's. And for me right now, body work is mainly uh, chiropractic treatments, which really helps me enormously with uh, swallowing. I'm able to swallow much better with the help of chiropractic and also I, I don't tremble as much. I also sort of learned through my experience that there's a spiritual aspect to this and that the spiritual journey is far more important than the journey to recover my health. And finally, um, I knew that having goals was really important to maintaining a positive attitude uh, towards recovery. And for me, writing is one of my main goals, getting my books published. So I, I thought I had a pretty good handle on all that, and I thought it was helpful. But clearly there were some things that I needed to, to learn more about, worry and anxiety being one of them, and how to overcome worry and anxiety. Uh, I had developed a few techniques prior to this experience that helped a little bit, like being in the present moment and focusing on your breath. But a couple of things I've learned since then is, number one, there's a great technique uh, it's a simple technique for overcoming anxiety, and it's, 
it's fairly quick. This technique was developed by uh, Mel Robbins. Uh, she's an American. And it basically involves two things. First of all, you take a deep breath and you count backwards from five down to one. And then the second part of it is you, you, you mention or you recite something you're excited about. And the reason this technique works is because the, to the body, excitement and anxiety are, are one and the same. The symptoms are the same. And I've experienced that firsthand myself. Even when, I, when I'm anxious, I'll experience increased trembling. But when I'm excited, I also experience increased trembling. So the mind differentiates between excitement and anxiety, but to the body, it's the same. So essentially, it's a way of quickly taking the body out of anxiety, the anxiety state, and putting it in the excited state. So that was a really helpful technique to learn. Um, I'd also learned that learning something new is also really helpful in terms of minimizing uh, anxiety. So right now I'm learning Estonian because my partner is originally from Estonia. And I'm also learning to count to 10 in multiple languages. So right now I'm, I've learned how to count to 10 in 23 languages. And again, that really helps immensely with um, minimizing anxiety. Some other things that I really need to understand, I think, coming out of this experience, or why I had this experience, that is, is I needed to understand more about medication, and in particular, how to get off of it. Uh, since starting up the blog, I've had a lot of inquiries from people about how to get off medication. And I sort of developed a protocol, but I never actually experienced it myself. And uh, so I think that, that was something I needed to understand. I also needed to have a better understanding of meditation. I've been sort of meditating uh, for several years, and it was part of my, it's been part of my daily regimen protocol. But last year, when I put my focus on bone treatments, I sort of slacked off on meditation, in part because I was having a difficult time meditating. And what I've learned since then through a number of um, well-known meditators, is that meditation isn't about clearing the mind. It's about focusing the mind. And it's about, because the mind doesn't stop thinking, it's like trying to stop your heart from beating. It just, it, you can't do it. So you can't really stop your brain from thinking. But what you can do, or at least you can't stop your brain from having thoughts. But what you can do is focus it. And the way to do that is each time you realize that you're lost in thought, is to bring your mind back to focusing on your breath. And you just keep doing that over and over and over again. And so it gave me a lot more confidence as it relates to meditation. And I think it's really important to meditate, for me to meditate anyways, because studies have shown that meditation, even for one minute of meditation, takes the body out of the cortisol and adrenaline-producing state and puts it into the dopamine-serotonin-producing state which is necessary in order to uh, overcome the symptoms of Parkinson's and recover my health. So that, that was something I needed to understand. I've also learned more about Qigong since uh, having this experience and the importance of Qigong in developing healthy energy patterns around the body. I've learned some more breathing techniques. 
I've learned a lot more about the importance of CBD oil, and CBD oil is important for uh, reducing pain, inflammation, insomnia, and anxiety. So, and as you may know, um, CBD oil and marijuana are legal here in Canada now, so that's a big part of my uh, daily regimen as well. And I guess the, the other thing that is important for me to learn coming out of this was that uh, I'm going to be okay no matter what happens. It's one of the things that was scaring me the most was becoming so incapacitated that I can't look after myself. But when I went into the hospital last year, for the first few days, I couldn't look after myself. I couldn't go to the bathroom. I couldn't eat. I couldn't walk. I couldn't bathe myself. And so I had to be helped with all of that. And I realized that if it, if it comes down to that at some point in my life, that I'll be okay. I can I can live with that. So those are all the things that were really important for me to to uh, understand. I'd like to get a little clarification on one of the techniques that you mentioned, since my guess is Certainly. members of the audience would like to implement it. So the idea, if I understood it correctly, was count backwards from five down to one, take an in-breath, and then what you want to do is to tap into an exciting experience. So could you clarify, you're breathing in uh, and you're counting down to the number one. All right, so do you let the breath out? Do you hold the breath? Exactly how does that work technically? I'm sure people would like to know exactly how to do it. Yeah, you take a deep breath in, you exhale, you take a slow deep breath in, you exhale the breath, then you count from five down to one. And then you say, for example, I'm so excited to send love out to the university. Or for me, I'll, I'll say, I'm so excited to continue writing my next book. Or I'm so excited to see my kids. Uh, or I'm so excited to swim and play the guitar again. So you can pick anything that excites you and you can practice it on a daily basis, which is what I do, whether I'm in a feeling anxious or not. But the moment you start to feel anxious, then do it right away. And it's, it's amazing how effective a technique it is. If you look up um, Mel Robbins on YouTube, you'll find that she has, and that's M-E-L Robbins, R-O-B-B-I-N-S. She has a, a number of um, uh, really effective videos on YouTube, and uh, there are links to her videos on my blog if that's helpful. It indeed is. Thank you. I know many people will greatly appreciate those suggestions. Do you have any detail that you'd like to offer about exactly how you spend your day? Yes, uh, that was kind of got sidetracked there before I get into this one. So I've got uh, up to 42 things that I do over the course of the day. And these are all things that are related to attitude, um, exercise, uh, and, and spiritual practice, as well as eliminating stress and improving thought management. So I walk every day, I do push-ups and stomach crunches and wall sits, I do stretches, so there's a lot of physical exercises that I'm doing. Um, I also do, I skip, 
I uh, do jumping jacks because bouncing is really good for stimulating the lymphatic system. I do balance exercises. I do footwork exercises. Um, and the footwork exercises is sort of like standing in a fighting stance or a self-defense stance where you, you've got your feet about a foot apart and they're staggered. And then you just switch your feet as fast as you can. So you jump up in the air and you switch your feet. And you try and do it as many times as you can. Um, and I also uh, uh, really focus on walking normally. I do that a lot. And I focus on my posture. So I do a lot of physical stuff. And I think it's really, for me, it's really important to do this first thing in the morning as soon as I get out of bed. Because typically when I get out of bed in the morning, I have a difficult time walking. So uh, the sooner I start doing kicks and strikes and jumping jacks, the, the, the sooner it stimulates my body. So I start to walk normally and I become steadier on my feet. I find it really helpful. I practice Qigong every day. I meditate every day. Um, and then I have a lot of... Um, oh, sorry, I also spend time in nature every day. I'm fortunate to live not just on a lake but in a forest. So every day I spend time in nature and I literally talk to the trees, touch the trees, and hug the trees. And um, a woman by the name of, I think her name is spelled or pronounced Misa Hopkins, M-I-S-A Hopkins, uh, who wrote a book called The Root of All Healing. And in it she discusses Parkinson's and in her view, the number one thing people with Parkinson's need to do is spend time in the forest because the natural energies of the forest help to balance our circadian rhythms and balance our internal energies. So it's really important. So I do that every day. Um, and then I do, as I said, I do a lot of mantras, prayers, if you will, and spiritual stuff. So I have some affirmations that I do. I've created my own version of the 23rd Psalm. It's a spiritual version. I read spiritual books and watch spiritual videos. Uh, every day I recite my core values, the things I love. And I also express loving compassion. Every day I'll pick a person or persons and send them loving compassion. And I also express gratitude every day. And these things are particularly important for keeping my mind in a positive state and dissolving anxiety. I also blog uh, as frequently as I can, not every day, but as frequently, frequently as I can. I write every day, and every day I spend time learning Estonian and learning new lang uh, how to count to 10 in different languages. So it's a pretty extensive regimen. I, as I said, I don't do everything every day, but they're all sort of intended to have um, uh, a positive effect it's from a spiritual standpoint, from an emotional standpoint. And uh, I find it really helpful. It keeps me focused. Fred Phillips, what advice would you offer others experiencing Parkinson's symptoms? The most important piece of advice I would offer is to adopt the attitude that it's possible to recover your health. It amazes me how many people have tried uh, really hard, actually, to convince me that it's not possible to, for, for, for me to recover my health. But I just, I just, I don't agree with that. As you know, uh, Howard Schiffke, uh, Bianca Mole, John Coleman have recovered their health. 
as has a fellow that I've connected with in uh, London, England, David Thompson. So I, I, I'm convinced that it's possible. I know it's possible. And so the one the, uh, that would be the most important piece of advice I would offer is develop the, the attitude that it's possible to recover your health and that the reason the medical community hasn't been able to do it is because they don't understand the cause. They don't understand the root cause. And their focus is on medication, using medication to treat the symptoms. And I, I often wonder how it's possible to find a, a solution for a problem when you don't know what the cause is. And there's no pill in the world that's going to help anybody overcome uh, fear and anxiety and um, worry. That, that's something that we have to do ourselves. I mean, with some help, obviously, but we have to do that ourselves. We have to learn how to have positive thoughts. We have to learn how to put our mind and body into a dopamine and serotonin producing state. So that would be the first thing I would recommend is to adopt the attitude that it's possible to recover. The second thing I would recommend to everyone is spend every day doing everything you can to improve your health, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Spend a lot of time watching funny movies, funny videos. Spend a lot of time laughing. Spend a lot of time dancing. Whatever it is you need to do to put yourself in the right mind and the right spirit. Fred Phillips, you have a marvelous blog that everybody needs to visit on a regular basis. You've also written books. Have you have any new books that you've recently published? I have actually. Um, the last time we spoke, I had published uh, two books. Um, the first one was called The History Teacher, and the second one was called The History Teacher 2.0. And I've since published the third book in the History Teacher trilogy called The History Teacher Adventure in Estonia. And I've also got a, uh, I've written and published, self-published that is, a children's Christmas book called The, the Christmas Choice. The, um, the history teacher books that I've written uh, actually is kind of, it's, it's an interesting story because I woke up one morning in 2006 with an idea for a book in my head. And I had no idea where that idea came from because I wasn't thinking about writing a book and I certainly wasn't an author. And the book was going to be about a teacher who, while in the midst of his own spiritual awakening, encounters a group of kids at school who want to know more about the true meaning of life than what they're being taught in school. And so he takes them on a journey of, of spiritual discovery and spiritual awakening. And I decided to call the book The History Teacher because I've said many times if I had to do it all over again, I would have been a high school history teacher. Shortly after I started writing this, the first book, I started developing the first recognizable symptoms of Parkinson's, and that was the trembling in my right index finger, left, left index finger. And two years later, I was formally diagnosed with Parkinson's. My high school history teacher had Parkinson's. So it was quite, a, um, quite an experience. And right now I'm working on a new series of books. The first one is called The Kid. It's called The Kid, that is. And it's a book about one man's journey of redemption and spiritual awakening. I kind of humbly liken it to 
um, The Wizard of Oz meets the Sons of Anarchy. And uh, um, I'm really excited about writing it. And uh, hopefully I'm going to have it out uh, next year. What exciting developments, Fred. Now, you have a blog. Could you please very slowly give the address of your blog for listeners? Certainly. It's Fred Phillips, all one word, F-R-E-D-P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S dot WordPress, that's all one word, WordPress dot com. Of the amazing insights and discoveries that you have revealed to our listening audience, Fred, as a listener steps back and they finished listening to this interview, what's the one point, what's the one idea that you want people to have as a takeaway so that when they wake up a week from now, they will remember that idea? I believe that all of the suffering, if you want to define it as suffering, and all of the challenges that we're experiencing on the planet right now are all meant to guide us to one thing. And this includes what's going on in the political environment in the United States. It includes what's going on in the Middle East. And it includes all of the uh, people who are experiencing cancer, neurological conditions, and the like. I think all of this is happening to guide us to, to love to self-love, to divine love, and an understanding of who we truly are. And that at the root of it, we are divine spiritual beings having a human experience. And I think this is meant to guide us to a more compassionate, loving way of living. And if we all, I've said many, many times that we can change the world overnight if we all woke up tomorrow morning and decided to do one thing, and that's to be kind to one another. And I think Parkinson's, and all the other uh, health conditions that we're facing are meant to help guide us to that. So it's all a good thing when you when you get right down to it. Fred Phillips, the uh, listeners want to be able to get in touch with you. How would they go about doing that? Uh, probably the simplest way to get in touch with me is through my blog, uh, where you can find my email address. And my email address is Again, Fred Phillips, all one word, dot let, as in L-E-T, at gmail.com. So that's Fred Phillips, dot let, at gmail.com. Fred, you are a mentor and an inspiration to many, many other individuals currently experiencing neurological challenges. I thank you for taking the time to convey your insights, your discoveries, your wisdom to listeners of Parkinson's Recovery Radio. There will be many individuals out there who will greatly benefit from your wisdom. Thank you so much, Robert, and thank you so much for the work that you do uh, as it relates to Parkinson's as well. Um, I think you're doing it and you're providing an enormous service to everyone that's experiencing this condition. And I thank you so much from the bottom of of my heart for everything that you do.
You are most welcome, Fred. And this is, as you well know now, Parkinson's Recovery Radio. You can connect in to over 260 radio show interviews with amazing individuals like Fred Phillips and have all sorts of insights about the kind of steps that you can take to be able to have a successful journey down the road to recovery. Not just a journey, but a successful journey down the road to recovery. Thank you so much for connecting in to Parkinson's Recovery Radio today. I'm Robert Rogers, the founder of Parkinson's Recovery in 2004, and that's what's happening here on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and of course, all of the children are profoundly loved. Know that by taking the time to listen to this amazing interview with Fred Phillips, that Using your own methods, using your own wisdom, tapping into what you know is the best course of action for you, that you, along with Fred and many others, are in fact journeying down the road to recovery successfully. Thanks so much for being here and a supporter of Parkinson's Recovery.